This is All Saints Sunday. The rubrics of the prayer book permit you to transfer All Saints Day to the nearest Sunday. It's a very popular festival in English Christianity, and it affords the opportunity to talk about sanctity and its importance and centrality in our common life together as a community of faith and in our own personal spiritual yearnings, the desire now to live a life in conformity with God's purposes for us. How do we continue to strive to become the transparencies and reflections of God's grace and love that we're called to be? So every All Saints Day, I always ask, what does it mean to be a saint? Why do you, how do you get to be a saint? Why should you want to be a saint? Why does the church make such a big deal about the saints? What saints are we commemorating on All Saints Day? And perhaps the most important question is, how can I understand sanctity in my own life? What does it mean? How do I appropriate it and make it part of my own personal history? There was an English, I've talked about him before, an English monk by the name of Alcuin. Alcuin of York. And he went from York to Aachen, which was the court of Charlemagne. So when would this be? The uh, 8th and 9th, early 9th century, the 700s and the 800s. And he goes over there to run uh, Charlemagne's school for those boys who sang in the choir in the church in Aachen. Remember, we get this in our history, the history of Western ideas. Alcuin is there to teach these boys Latin grammar so they can sing the liturgy in Latin. And so between the celebrations of the Eucharist and the other offices, they go to grammar school. And that's where we get the term, grammar school. So he ran the grammar school. He was also interested in worship. And he decided to speak to Charlemagne about something he wanted to do for a long time, which was that he noticed that throughout Western Christianity, uh, we have all, the origin of the communion of saints was not some complicated bureaucratic process. For the first thousand years of Christian history, you became a saint by popular acclamation or Episcopal decree. And normally the beginning of the communion of saints starts with the remembering of those who gave their lives for the, their Christian faith and belief, the early martyrs, and the commemoration on the day, day of their martyrdom, uh, their exemplary lives, giving the ultimate sacrifice. And as time went on in the individual Christian communities throughout the West, we had individuals who lived particularly important lives, who didn't give their lives, pay the ultimate price, but were believed by those local communities to exhibit and reflect back certain aspects of what it means to be sanctified. I happen to think what it means is that you've learned how to be the best human being you can be. And so we begin now to celebrate these saints in, on a local basis. So Alcuin says to Charlemagne, you're the Holy Roman Emperor now, 
And we have our own saints here at Aachen and in Fran Germany and France and what we now call Belgium and Holland and so on. And then England has theirs and we've got them down in Italy and so forth. We need maybe to have some, con some uh, uh, continuity here, some way of the whole church understanding the importance of sanctity and these signal lives that are so important to us uh, as we live in our individual communities. And, and Charlemagne said, make it so. And so Alcuin is responsible for one of the first Christian calendars where we get uh, all of the saints that are commemorated throughout the year. The newest iteration of that is the Episcopal Church's Holy Women, Holy Men. Don't drop this on your foot. <laughs> but it's faithful to the way in which we understand the development of sanctity and how it developed in the early church's life. That's what Episcopalians still do. We're not searching around for um, various miracles that a person performs or certain kinds of um, n n nature defying feats but what it means to be a good human being and what they did to strive for the values of the gospel and what kind of a transparency and a reflection of God's grace and love were they? You know, St. Joseph of Cupertino. Have you ever heard of him? There's a church named after St. Joseph of Cupertino and Cupertino. St. Joseph of Cupertino levitated. You know, If we focus on making saints who did stuff like that, we're going to miss the point, right? It's okay. As it, as it turned out, uh, he did many good things. But most of the time, we understand sanctity in a different way. Who do, who do we celebrate on All Saints Day? Well, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the other saints that are important to us. But most of us celebrate the saints that may be in this church at this very moment known only to us. Our family members and friends who have died and gone to God, mentors that we have had in our life who have shared their practical wisdom with us in such a way as to enable us to be better human beings. And we remember them and give thanks to God for them because they exhibited some species of sanctity as we lived our own lives. Those are the saints that we remember today, not just the saints on the Christian calendar. And they provide sort of templates, don't they? for how we understand our own spiritual growth and development. So how would you know if you were making any spiritual progress? I ask this question a lot. How would we know? And uh, how, how would we know about uh, what it means uh, to move in some process of sanctification? Well, one of the ways you'd know is to be more faithful to the baptismal uh, covenant. In a few minutes, we'll have the opportunity to renew our baptismal promises in the liturgy and remind ourselves that this is the ways and the means uh, that we can do that, appropriate that. I told you every, every Ash Wednesday, I come into the church and I open the prayer book to the baptismal liturgy, and I read through the baptismal covenant. And I ask myself, how am I doing so far this year? How's it going? 
in terms of my faithfulness in this regard. When you are baptized, you receive three infused virtues that come to us through this sacrament. Faith, hope, and love. They are called in theology the infused virtues. Sometimes they're referred to as faith, hope, and charity. And so by virtue of possessing these virtues that God gives to us, we are now able to exhibit and manifest in the world the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, self-control. If you find that these things are a little easier for you to do than they were yesterday, you may be making some spiritual progress. You may be moving in the right direction. Matthew's Gospel that I read to you a few minutes ago, the Beatitudes, Matthew's version of the Beatitudes, describe the blessing that we receive from living life, lives congruent with God's purposes for us. So here's the thing, 3995 Biblical Scholarship. There are two versions of the Beatitudes in the Gospels. Matthew's version, which is the most famous, and I think for most of us, the, most, the preferable one. But Luke also has the Beatitudes, or some of them, but in his particular case, he adds uh, the Beatitudes, and then he adds some woes. That's what you want to stay away from, the woes. Woe to you who, oh no, we don't want it, right? So Luke gives Jesus the Sermon on the Plain, where we hear the Beatitudes, and I guess where the rain stays mainly. Somebody told me at the sermon discussion group at nine that when you fly on the Spanish airline uh, and as you get on the plane, they hand you an umbrella because the rain stays mainly on the plane. <laughs> That's a good plan. So... Matthew has the Sermon on the Mount. This is part of the Sermon on the Mount, which is several chapters in Matthew's Gospel. So here's what Matthew's doing. Matthew is speaking to the disciples. He's not delivering this uh, series of Beatitudes uh, to the multitudes who came to hear Jesus. This is when they're taken aside and spoken to by the Savior. And he describes to them certain states of blessedness and the desire that he knows and acknowledges that among those people they have now desired to claim the blessing. And he is telling them that these attitudes of behavior and relationship place them in a position of blessedness and that it is for this purpose that they are now here to reflect those values back to the world. We have to constantly be on our guard uh, to make sure we're not thinking that there's somewhere else we need to go to manifest these states of blessedness. We don't go somewhere else to do this. 
Jesus is speaking about the appropriation of the states of blessedness in the here and the now. So that Christian people who reflect these states of blessedness in their character are able to be transformative people in the world, to be God's people in the world, to be people who labor, to create a society where it is easier for people to be good. So when you listen to the Beatitudes, remember Jesus is speaking about qualities that we reflect now that we don't get sometime later. We can, we can take these and use these and understand what they mean. So Matthew's Beatitudes are more preferable in many ways because he is speaking about our interior emotional, spiritual, and mental states. And he is understanding that as we live our lives now, in his particular case, his community, a generation and a half or more after the time of Jesus. Remember, we're talking about 85 A.D. That these states of blessedness are something that in his community we desire to reflect back to the world. And so should all people who seek uh, to be congruent in their lives with God's purposes for them. In the Eastern Orthodox Church, they have a term that they use. It's the goal of the spiritual life is the process of deification. And if you talk to the theologians from the Orthodox Church, if you go to lectures or you talk to some of the, particularly the Russians, uh, they have these great accents, you know, and they use the, the real term instead of deification, which is English, they use Theosis, the process of theosis. Well, what is it? It's that as we become faithful and live into the blessing, we become less unlike God. A Western Christian of great spiritual depth, Father Thomas Keating, a Christian monk from Western Christianity, would say, We are not God. But our true self is God. And as we seek to understand this process of deification, it affords us the opportunity to participate in God's holiness and God's eternity. This is big. It's big. And it is within everyone's grasp to do this. It's what we celebrate on All Saints Sunday. So this week, give thanks for being a member of the community of saints. Give thanks for being called to be a saint. And give thanks to God and hold close to your heart and up to God all those saints you know in your life who have had such a great influence and are now in heaven praying for you as we pray for them. Amen.